It's time now for the complete story, a public news and information feature of Bot Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now here's the BRN father and son team, Dick and Rich Bot, with today's complete story. Well, I tell you what, folks, I don't know where you are, but I know where Rich and I are. It is very hot, and it has been for the last several days. Now yeah. these are the dog days of summer. Well, I don't know. Are the dog days of summer coming? That's what they call them. In July? Yeah, July and early early August. I always, really, thought, really days, I always thought the dog days were August. Well, it just feels like it. It's <laughs> you, hot. That's oh, all I, I can that. say. I know that for sure. All right, folks. Well, anyway, welcome back, Rich. I have you on the show with me on the complete story. Um, there's a song I think is very appropriate for the way all of us feel right now in our nation, in the world, and everything else. Let's hear it. Carol Robertson, Once I Was Blind. There is a story in the Bible recorded in John chapter 9 How a man was touched by Jesus This man was born blind Jesus took a little bit of clay, placed it on his eyes, told him to wash in the pool of Siloam. Then he received his sight and he said, Once I was blind, but now I can see. That's all that I know. Once I was blind, but now I can see. That's how the story goes Once my life was in darkness I was blinded by my sin I couldn't see where I was going Didn't care where I had been Then I felt the hand of Jesus Touch my blinded eyes can't explain, but I'll forever proclaim that Jesus changed my life. Once I was blind, but now I can see. That's all that I know. Once I was blind, but now I can see. That's how the story goes. Once I was blind, but now I can see. That's all that I know Once I was blind but now I can see That's how the story goes (laughs) Well, that's kind of true, isn't it? That's from the Bible, yep. When you are blind... Life is really rough. Yep. And because of Lord Jesus Christ, now we can see. Right. If that's our choice. Isn't that amazing? I once was blind, now I can see. I once was lost, and now I've been found. You know, uh, Bill and Gloria Gaither, years ago, recorded a song. I think that fits for this time. Because, Rich, right now, in the confusion and the anger and everything is happening. Opposing forces, political parties, on and on and on. 
Isn't it wonderful? As a Christian, we do know who holds tomorrow. Here it is. I don't know about tomorrow. I just live from day to day. beautiful and that true that's the key i know who holds my yeah. hand you know rich there is so much confusion as an old old man i don't ever remember when people didn't know the difference between a he or a she i mean man alive in what marriages between a man and a woman what a mother and a father and we could go on and on. Well, what a girl and a boy. Now, wait a minute. Uh, we could go on and on. However, the truth is, folks, as you raise your family, as you stay close, each generation uh, has to make their choice. Except you've got to raise them so they know there's a choice to be made. What were you going to say? Well... I was going to say that we know that God is not the author of confusion. No. You use the word confusion. And we know that the devil is a liar and the father of it. Yes. As you, hey, folks, did you hear that? So don't believe the lies. Yeah. Well, I tell you what. You put a kid in school, and that's what they're taught. And, you know, they're, kids' children are impressionable. Anyway. Well, you go to school to learn. Alan Jackson framed it up very well where he said each generation, each generation is faced with the choices they make. Alan Jackson from Murfreesboro, Tennessee. What's the name? Is His church is World Outreach, isn't it? Yes, it's a wonderful church. Murfreesboro, just outside of Nashville. Yeah. All right, here it is, Alan Jackson, with generational choice. I want to read you a verse of scripture, Joshua 24 and verse 15. It says, if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, 
Then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods your forefathers served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you're living. But as for me and my household, we'll serve the Lord. You wouldn't think that statement needed to be made. Joshua is talking to the children of the people who left Egyptian slavery and ate manna in the wilderness, who walked through the Red Sea when it was parted. They saw Moses come down Mount Sinai with Ten Commandments. They, they worked to construct a tabernacle. This is the first generation of people of, of the Hebrews that have lived in freedom. And now they're about to occupy their promised land. And Joshua gets them together with some very sobering words. He said, you're going to have to choose for yourselves whom you're going to serve. You see, every generation has to make that choice. You can't imagine you're a Christ follower of standing because your parents were. You, you shouldn't imagine that because your grandparents were godly people with good character that yours is intact. It's a wonderful heritage to have if those things are true of you. But every one of us has to make a consistent set of decisions about our faith. And it seems to me we're at one of those pivot points. What kind of people are we going to be? We have a nation where we have the privilege of having a Christian heritage. I know it's maligned and criticized, but the reality of the facts is our nation was founded, brought into life by people who were looking for an opportunity to, for the freedom to worship Jesus. They didn't want freedom from the state. They wanted freedom from a state church. Their property had been confiscated on the other side of the pond. They had suffered greatly and they came to this continent. Many of them didn't survive that first winter. The separatists. This nation was birthed from that heritage, but every generation has to make that decision. We have to make a decision what kind of nation we're going to live in. We'll be, we'll be a nation where Christianity and a biblical worldview shapes our values and our morals and our schools and our legal system. Or will we be something else? We can't simply say, well, that's been our heritage. We'll have to have the courage to go to the city council meetings and the school board meetings and all the other meetings and pay attention. We'll have to make sacrifices. It will cost us things. Probably some friends. We're going to have to decide. Certainly one of the most celebrated, and I believe one of the greatest presidents in our history was Abraham Lincoln. His presidency was a tremendous sacrifice, and he paid for it with his life. Freedom is not free, folks. Well, his, one of his most celebrated speeches was the Gettysburg Address. I put it in your notes. It's not a long speech, unlike mine. I mean, I can squeeze his whole speech into just a part of mine. <laughs> Think of the opportunity he left on the table. The first couple of sentences, I suspect you know. You've heard them in the movies, and I hope you're familiar with them. Four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth upon this continent a new nation, conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. If you don't happen to know, Abraham Lincoln was president during the Civil War. His leadership... The strength of his character, his integrity, was an enormous component in our nation surviving that season. But in that address, he goes on to say something that I think is very pertinent for us today. In that third paragraph, if you're following along, he said, In a larger sense, we cannot dedicate, we cannot consecrate, we cannot hallow this ground. He's speaking where there's been a terribly bloody battle. And he's saying the sacrifice has already been made in this place. We're late to the party. And that's our story. When we remember 9-11, the sacrifices have been made. That generation of people, those people that ran towards those towers, those families that overcame that loss and that heartache and that devastation. We're 20 years on the other side of that, but we still have challenges. And what kind of a nation are we going to leave? What's our heritage going to be? 
flashy post on Facebook or social media? How are we going to be defined? Lincoln went on to say, it's for us, the living, to be dedicated to the unfinished work which they who fought here have thus far so nobly advanced. It's rather for us to be here dedicated to the great task remaining before us, that from these honored dead we take increased devotion to that cause for which they gave the last full measure of devotion, that we here highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain, that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom. See, it isn't just that we had freedom. Every generation needs a new birth of freedom. Folks, it's our assignment. We've hidden from this for too long. That the government of the people, by the people, and for the people shall not perish from the earth. Lincoln understood it was a very fragile thing. And it's every bit as fragile today. I believe we need to regain our sense of national pride. I'm opposed to those who criticize our story and our outcomes. I believe they have an agenda, and to be candid, they're deceptive. We're a nation that emerged from a desire for religious freedoms. William Bradford, the Separatists, the Puritans, and others. I'll give you a couple of examples. It was 1782, the United States Congress, the U.S. Congress, voted this resolution. I quote, the Congress of the United States recommends and approves the Holy Bible for use in all schools. Congress voted that. That's our heritage. We celebrate the heritages of all kinds of peoples. We're told that the heritage of a person has to be celebrated, recognized, treated as valid, no, how different, no matter how different it may be from ours. Why would we, as Christ followers, relinquish the heritage that is a clear part of our history? Amen. Don't go quietly into that dark night. Now, that was 1782. Every generation has to make their own choices. In 1963, some of you remember what was going on in 1963. There were revolutions afoot. Sexual revolutions. 1963, the Supreme Court ruled that the Bible reading was outlawed as unconstitutional in the public school system. And the court offered this justification. I quote, if portions of the New Testament were read without explanation, they could and have been psychologically harmful to children. It's laughable, but it's not funny. Generational choices. We were busy with other things. We were distracted. The church was distracted. It's the business of the church. Did you know that of our first 108 universities founded in America, 106 were distinctly Christian? 106 distinctly Christian. The first one was Harvard University. It was chartered in 1636. The original Harvard student handbook, rule number one, was that students seeking entrance must know Latin and Greek so that they could study the scriptures. I quote from the handbook, let every student be plainly instructed and earnestly pressed to consider well. The main end of his life and studies is to know God and Jesus Christ, which is eternal life, John 17, 3. And therefore to lay Jesus Christ as the only foundation of all sound knowledge and learning. And seeing the Lord only giveth wisdom, let everyone seriously set himself by prayer in secret to seek it of him. Proverbs 2, 3. Harvard Student Handbook. Every generation has to make a choice. What are we going to choose? Jefferson put it into words so beautifully in the Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they're endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. 
But among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At the signing of our Declaration of Independence, when there were lives on the line, they were leading a real insurrection. I was somebody with a fur vest and horns on his hat. They recognized the right of a creator and the rights that come from that creator. Folks, the government isn't the one. They don't give us freedom. God gave us freedom. Every generation has to make a choice. Every generation. Parents, you have to train your children to make a choice that will secure their future. You can't secure it for them. You can't take the pain and difficulty out of their life and imagine they'll have the courage or the stability to make the choices that will let their freedoms persist. We have a uniquely beautiful nation, mile upon mile of beautiful beaches, great lakes, majestic mountains, the Rockies, the Grand Tetons, the Smokies, the Ozarks. We have vast deserts, great plains, beautiful forests. God has blessed America. We have enjoyed freedoms and liberties that most have only dreamed about. I have traveled a good bit. And our experience in this nation, I assure you, is not normal. God has blessed us. We're farmers and factory workers and scientists. We're explorers. We've been to the moon. We live in crowded cities and we spread across vast prairies. We have believed in marriage between a man and a woman. And family and the importance of keeping your word. Wherever you travel in America, you see churches, city after city, state after state, historic churches, new churches. You see scripture verses carved in the stone of our public buildings, public monuments honoring our faith and values. It's our heritage, but every generation has to make a choice. We're a creative, innovative people. Our values have enabled that innovation. They didn't come from a vacuum. They came from a value system, a worldview. Alexander Graham Bell, Henry Ford, George Washington Carver, Garrett Morgan. Bet you don't know him. He gave us the three light traffic signal. <laughs> you should pray for him every time you're sitting in one of those lights. We put men on the moon in the Hubble telescope in space. We built railroads, ships, rockets, and jet engines. There's some unique inventions to the U.S., I pick my favorites, chocolate chip cookies, <laughs> dental floss. So I go down in history for inventing dental floss. Hey, hearing aids, cardiac defibrillators, radiocarbon dating, traffic lights, crash test dummies, microwave ovens, assembly lines, the laser, chemotherapy, video games, email, transistors, the internet, all from the creativity and the innovative innovation of Americans. We're builders. We build bridges from the Golden Gate to the Brooklyn Bridge to the Seven Mile Bridge through the Florida Keys. We build buildings, the Empire State Building, the Gateway Arch in St. Louis and the Space Needle in Seattle. We build space shuttles and space stations. We built Disneyland and Disney World. We build Ferris wheels. It's an American invention, by the way. We built the personal computer and cell phones. We're warriors. We've stood for freedom and liberty for more than two centuries. From the beaches of Normandy to the jungles of Vietnam or the deserts of Iraq and Afghanistan, our Army, Navy, Air Force, and Marines have stood the test. Our firefighters have been on call from the Great Fire of Chicago to the World Trade Center on 9-11. Our police officers have protected and served this nation with sacrifice and honor. We're overcomers. 
We've overcome great depressions. We've overcome our own internal failures. We have endured world wars. After winning, we rebuilt the nations we defeated. That's never been done before in human history. We've triumphed in ideological conflicts. We overcame fascism. We saw communism crumble. Socialism. They are failed ideas. Do not fall for their deceptive promises, their lies. We've lived under the rule of law. It began with God's law. The Ten Commandments were revered and honored. They need to be again. It was codified in our Constitution. It was clearly stated in our Bill of Rights. Our laws were to protect us from the government. That's the point. Governments left unchecked will consume the people they govern. It has happened repeatedly throughout human history, and we're no different. We cannot afford to stray from the ideas which have fostered this unique experiment in self-government. If we do, we will lose our freedoms. I assure you they are unique in the world. I spent two hours yesterday inviting the people across Southern California to say a prayer with me all weekend long. It's a simple one-sentence prayer that you've prayed with me before. God bless America again. God has blessed us. He's blessed us in the most remarkable ways. He's done it repeatedly through our history. From the Great Awakening that changed New England and really put the moral backbone in the colonists to enable them to stand up to Great Britain and lead us to freedom as a nation. There was a revival in our nation that gave us the moral courage to, to take address the problems that brought forth the Civil War. Change does not come easily. We won't slouch our way to a better future. We will do it with courage and determination and strength. And more days than not, you'd rather quit than wish somebody else would take up the cause. God bless America again. Every generation has to choose. Our nation needs you to stand in your faith. Read your Bible. Seriously. Think about what it says. Don't read it as a habit. Don't read it as a responsibility. Read it because we desperately need that truth in our lives. Get your friends together and pray. I make a suggestion. Gather a small group of friends and have a celebration about the new abortion law in Texas. That's something to post on Facebook. I'm tired of seeing what you eat for dinner. Let's celebrate some godliness. Get your friends together. Have the dialogue. It's a little uncomfortable. It's a little awkward. We've turned our eyes to ungodliness and immorality for so long. Talk to one another. Talk about what you hear and see. Tell the truth to one another. Rich, wasn't that amazing? It's Uh one generation at a time, but it's the responsibility of the previous generation to prepare the next to think clearly and to stand on their two feet. Man, I I love and appreciate the bold Bible preaching of Alan Jackson, the way he relates it to where we are right now in our country and in our world. Exactly. You said it just perfectly, where we are right now. Open your eyes, folks. Well, listen, we've got to get to our listeners. Oh, we've got some wonderful listeners. We've got a family here to, to kind of interact with. 
And some of the listeners have called the listener comment comment line. 1-800-345-2621. We'd love to hear from you, too. Call that number, 1-800-345-2621. Okay, here's a lady. This is Charlene Pime in Festus, Missouri. And I listen to your program all the time when I'm driving, and it's just such a blessing. One of the biggest blessings that I have is the songs that you use. The songs are just wonderful. They just really are a comfort to my heart. They're just really good. I appreciate everything you do. Bye. Well, dear lady in Festus, now that's over for you. rest of you folks. That's over on the St. Louis side of the state of Missouri. And I'm sure glad that she called. Here's, here's a man. Thank you all for your radio program. It's helping me. Um, I'm having a hard time getting on night shift and having a lot of family issues. And uh, God has used your bot radio network through local station in 90.7. And also when I have traveling jobs to really get a hold of me and to bring me back to the Lord, I thank y'all. I know it's got to be hard work, what y'all do. And you would probably don't give much thanks, but you guys really helped me out here with uh, focus on the family program. I'm going to I'm going to get a hold of them about Hope Restored Marriage Counseling. And you guys made it possible. So thank y'all. Oh, God bless hey, you. Folks, did you hear that? Uh, you know, he's not alone. Right. People have family issues, and you got to navigate them. you got to work them out. you got to plow through and them. And Focus on the Family is a wonderful ministry. They have a lot of resources to help. Uh, well, God bless you, sir. As well as his job is shifting, he's having trouble right. getting on the night shift. Well, yes, that would be a hard adjustment. Here's a lady. Yes, this is Patricia out of Holdridge, Nebraska. I listen through the Lexington, Nebraska station, and I just really do enjoy it. I listen to it mostly in the car when I'm driving to work. I've enjoyed Robert Morris and Chuck Swindoll and many of your other programs. I love listening to Wall Builders Live. Yeah. appreciate your radio station, and thank you for all you do. Oh, thank you, ma'am. Listen, Rich, let's, let's squeeze one other okay. one in. I just wanted to thank Bot Radio Network for being there. They are truly a light in this darkness. Uh, they have led me to stay with the Lord all these years. And uh, I also wanted to pass on to the Tulsa listeners that there are two frequencies for Bot Radio Network, 95.1 and 92.5. I keep both of them programmed in my radio so that if I'm in Tulsa, I can switch to the other signal. Thank you so much. I enjoy Adrian Rogers, Robert Jeffress, Greg, Laurie, and the list goes on. Thank you. Oh, bless your heart, sir. What is the number, Rich? Yes, thank you, listener in Tulsa. Our listener comment line is 1-800-345-2621. Give us a call at 1-800-345-2621. There you go, folks. This is Dick Bott with another chapter of The Complete Story with my son, Rich, and we'll see you later.